What's up, Fantasyland? We're back in the district for a monster high stakes roundtable tonight. We've got two huge guests back. Let's get right into it. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. What's up, Fantasyland? We're back in the district, and it's that time of year where every injury, every TD, every yard can either cost you, make you money, get you to the next round, or completely eliminate you. And whether you're in the playoffs right now, you know, it's that time of year, right? It's the holidays, you're winding down in fantasy, you're, you're, you're in the playoffs. Oh, Am I still on? Yeah, you're still on, JD. Yeah, it's the it's the it's a pressure pressure packed week even even in the studio, fellas. Sorry, guys. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened here, guys. Apologies for that. What I, what I was gonna say, guys. Whether whether you're in the playoffs or not, or whether you're in dynasty or not, or NFC NFC or not, you're gonna want to watch tonight. We're gonna dive into 2023. Like Chris said before we came on, we're maybe three weeks early, maybe three months early. It's never too early, guys, to get ahead of your lead mates. That's what we're going to help you do tonight with two of the best in the game. Theo, apology for screwing up this big entrance, but you can take this home, buddy, by walking these guys in proper. Yeah, so today we're taking a look at uh, 2023 ADP. We're going to not only predict where we think the market is headed, but we're going to give you some of our early ranks. And we've got two of the best players in the entire country uh, joining us tonight. Uh, we're specifically looking at the NFFC. So uh, anybody who's kind of watched us, uh, you know, over the years, we've had a number of, of NFFC uh, guests in. I play NFFC. Dan plays NFFC. Um, and it's a start three wide receiver format with a flex. It's a six-point passing touchdown uh, format. And it, it, it attracts some of the best players in the whole country. They have a Hall of Fame in the NFFC. There's not a whole lot of names in there, but two of them are with us tonight. We have Billy oh, Wazowski, yeah. who's the defending Rotowire Online Championship winner. He's been in the GOAT district many times over. And then we have, and then we have, we have Chris Eibel, who's pretty much won everything you can um, in, in multiple, in multiple uh, NFFC formats. I think he's won pretty much every NFFC format there is. Um, and he's also done great in, in other formats, you know, in, in, in non-NFFC. These two guys have the receipts to show for it. These guys are two of the top 10 money winners in the history of the NFFC. 
You don't get into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, because, you know, they like you. You get into the Hall of Fame because you're very successful um, and you're a shark and, and you're just a killer in these drafts. So uh, I'm really happy you guys are, were able to join us tonight. Um, I enjoyed competing with you guys this year about as much as, as I can enjoy it. Um, but I really respect your guys' opinions and it's awesome to have you here. Uh, welcome, Billy. Welcome back to the GOAT District. <laughs> Great to be back. Great to be alongside Chris and you guys. It's always a pleasure coming on and talking some football. We, we already have some victims, Theo, in the, in the chat uh, that have been victims to our guest tonight. There's a lot of victims if you play against Billy and Chris. You know, losing to those guys is is uh, nothing to hang your to hang your hat on. Um, it's happened to all of us. Um, <laughs> Billy is in the New York Super, and Chris is is in the New York Super uh, this year um, with Frank Mamola splitting a team, and uh, we all drafted together in, in New York. Billy won the regular season. Uh, we're both competing in the playoffs now. Uh, Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for having me. You know, we're talking about 2023 ADP. I was commentating to you guys before this started that you know it's it's only a month away from you know drafts opening up at NFFC, FFPC. So um, this studying really isn't too early for me. <laughs> and Dan, we always talk about trying to set the ADP with our early best ball drafts. So this is like setting the ADP before we set the ADP. Um, how are you doing tonight, Dan? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's what it is, and uh, doing great. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I came off of a, you know, this last week, uh, watching the Minnesota game, watching uh, JT go out uh, three plays into the game after one touch, and then mm-hmm. my Vikings getting just absolutely destroyed during the first half. I was I was ready to quit fantasy football. I was ready to throw a brick through the TV. Um, but uh, despite all that, my my week ended up going spectacularly well overall. So uh, happy about that. It's sometimes uh, the way it starts ain't the way it ends. So yeah, Dan and I went what three for three in our uh, our our high stakes dinos playoffs. Yeah, the on next yep. We, yeah, we needed sure. watching to get under eighteen points, and it just worked out perfect deal. <laughs> So just pre, pre-show, pre when do you start drafting, Chris? Are you trying to get into the very first NFFC leagues offered, some of the first FFPC ones offered? Yeah, I'm usually in the first for NFFC as soon as they open. It's typically right after the Super Bowl. Uh, enter, they have a $150 best ball contest, and I'm just doing as many of those as I can during dinner time. I'm, you know... <laughs> making picks in, in, in January and early February, I would say, and probably doing those straight till straight through, straight through summer. And Billy, I know we were like one of the first draft champions uh, against each other last year. Are you getting, do you take any time off or are you trying to jump into that early one as well? Um, I generally wait a little bit longer. Um, I do do the uh, trendsetters league that we do. And we start literally the minute the Super Bowl ends, it starts um, we do about six rounds, and then we take two weeks off, and then do six more rounds, and so on. And you're drafting rookie slots, like you're rookie one, and, and then once the um, NFL draft happens, then you select which rookie you want. You know, rookie one goes first, rookie two, and so on and so on. But um, as far as jumping in the DCs, I probably will jump in a little bit earlier this year. Maybe try to avoid Chris as much as possible. I know he's in like all of them, but I'll I'll try to. <laughs> maybe I'll jump in a few here and there, and but. Uh, I generally wait a little bit longer than he does with the exception and, of trendsetters. And Dan, you're not only getting in the early ones, 
but you're you're emailing the administration trying to get them to set Jan up January. I was just I was just checking, Dan. January twenty fourth is when we did the the hard way, which you and I right now are battling for first, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we're I, I'm I'm always pushing uh, the guys at the FFPC <laughs> to you know get their act together. Come on, guys, let's go, let's go. You know, and they keep telling me it's something about some kind of playoff challenge, and they gotta. You know, they got to worry about that first. I don't know what they're talking about, man. It's best ball season. Let's go. Promoting the wrong things, guys. Promoting right, the wrong exactly. things. <laughs> so wh why don't we just dive right into it? This this year has been wild. Um, this has been – it seems like there has been an excessive amount of injuries. Um, there's been a, a few absolute duds. I mean, we could go over some of the draft misses, the you know, the Kyle Pitts's, the Elijah Moore's, guys that really hurt specific teams that's a whole different show um but we're just diving into the the rankings before we dive into kind of predicting the market there's a few guys that i thought were pretty polarizing that i thought we could spend a little time talking on the the first name that kind of jumps out to me is a, a person that i found difficult to rank and it's also a little bit difficult for me to gauge how the high stakes market's going to view him is josh jacobs he's averaging 21.1 points per game and he's the running back two overall. He's got one of the, the highest um, percentages of in fantasy mojo lists, you know, the, the players on the most championship teams. Josh Jacobs was obviously a cheat code. You were drafting him in the sixth round, sometimes later. He'll be 25 years old next year. Is he an obvious Debo Samuel-like regression candidate? Or is he a potential target because maybe the market won't value him for someone of his production start with chris i lean on the target side i think with you know with a guy like debo who had a fluke season not not really a fluke season he's clearly talented but there were a number of reasons you could look to why 2022 wasn't necessarily going to be the same for him whether it was having a new new qb it was you know he happens i don't like to factor injuries too much but he is very clearly the most violent play style receiver in football and those those factors, you know, combined with talk of Ayuk really sort of coming along in camp made me avoid Debo. I need more reasons to avoid Josh Jacobs next year. It's it's if he comes back to the Raiders in the same role, it's clear that, you know, the, the first couple of weeks they were they were sprinkling in Bolden and Abdul a little more on on passing downs. Um, he's really developed into a four or five, six, you know, catch a game type player. And if there's no indication that his role is going to change going into next year, then I think he has the potential to be a value because I, I do think he, he, he's not necessarily going to be valued as high as his production was this year. Billy, what are your thoughts? Chris summed that up pretty well. Um, as an, as a person who did not own barely any Josh Jacobs this year, uh, my reasons for not wanting him this past year, just to talk about this for a second was, you know, they brought in Devontae Adams. You know, Waller was hurt all last year, and he was catching all these passes. Well, you bring Josh McDaniels in, you figure, oh, he's going to spread it around like the New England way. You're going to have Zamir White. You're going to have Amir Abdullah. But like Chris said, this guy's he's catching five, six passes a game, and he's just a workhorse in this offense. And, you know, the, I think the thing that really spooked me on him this past year was that Hall of Fame game where he was in on that first drive. And I'm like, what is this guy, third string? I mean, I was like, what is going on with this? Like, nobody plays in that first game. No starters, anyway. And uh, that really threw me off. So I agree with Chris. He's a guy who, 
I think you can get – I think you can just look at him and he's just a workhorse. He plays hurt. I mean, he's bang, he was banged up a little bit with that calf for a while. Didn't seem to slow him down at all. And uh, Chris said all the things about Debo I would have said as well. I, Debo was a definite recession candidate, uh, regression candidate this year. Um, and uh, I just think – I think Jacobs is definitely a guy that you could, you know – second late second round who knows where he's going to go it's going to be interesting to see but i think he's you know once you start getting to those names of the running backs it's like who else are you going to take i mean after the first five or six are gone so yeah and dan you've talked about this for for months now about how you kind of keep been kicking yourself over it you've always kind of been all um kind of like apprehensive to take him and then you realize that you you should have trusted your your gut yeah i mean it, I guess I'm not, I don't really kick myself because, you know, like Billy, I just, you know, I saw all these reasons, you know, this, the steady drumbeat of just, you know, negative stuff going on, uh, you know, and it, as the stockpile is saying in the comments, uh, Zamir White got drafted. Uh, we know that um, uh, Josh McDaniel has often used to running back by committee. Uh, the offensive line was not good. You know, there was just a, a million reasons not to take Jacobs and hardly any reasons to take him. Uh, you know, so kudos to the people who saw through all that or, you know, whatever they got, I, I kind of feel like they got bailed out a little bit. Um, you know, it, everything broke their way, uh, but good on them. Uh, but next year, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be in on Jacobs as long as he's in, uh, the same situation. You know, if they, if they, uh, give him a, a franchise tag or something like that, or sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, I don't see any reason not to be in on him because that tells us that he's probably going to be a little bit more of a workhorse again. And, uh, you know, so why not? I mean, you know, who, you're probably taking him over even, you know, like guys like Joe Mixon, uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon. You might even take him over that that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, stop down, Dan. now you're talking Dan. crazy. That's crazy right. talk, Dan. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we actually, this came up on, on one of the other high stakes roundtables, kind of like lessons you've learned this year. And I think that certain, certain coaches treat the preseason differently. So I think like whatever Josh McDaniels does next preseason, just let him do his thing and, and ignore it. Um, Mike Tomlin is also the same boat where he played Najee when Najee was hurt um, and he just put him out there to get reps. So I think some of these coaches actually do believe that you have to get these these running backs reps in the preseason, so uh, I'll ignore that. I, I would I would tend to agree with Chris and, and Billy, and also I'll say that Josh Jacobs shown us his receiving ability now for two years in a row, so it's kind of hard to be out on him. And you know it'll be interesting to see like you know where you guys place him in, in tonight if he makes your top twelve in the ADP. For me, he's not in my predicted top twelve ADP. I don't think he'll be a first rounder, so that makes him a little even more appealing. Um, you know, you could get potentially that kind of volume um, and that sort of, you know, production in the second round. Uh, so I'm, I guess I'm in on Josh Jacobs, guys. I'm officially uh, flag planting, um, you know, in, in December of 2022 for, for this summer's drafts. Um, anything to add on Josh Jacobs, JD? No, I mean, just in theme with what we've been talking about, about the show, the 25-year-old and his age, is matter. it's mattering less and less right at the running back position as we're seeing. And, and the workhorse, uh, the value of a workhorse running back. So if he does stay in the same situation, you like it. Uh, if we start hearing that he's not coming back to Vegas and then there's more question marks, I'll wait till later in the season to be invested uh, maybe at the higher end. The thing with Jacobs is you worry that he went from one extreme to like a great value coming in the last or this season and then maybe going a little too high 
going into next season. And to me, that probably means that I'll probably have a similar ownership percentage as I did last year, this year going into to the season. But but things change, right? Especially at the running back position. So it's going to be interesting seeing where these guys, especially we're talking already top 12 tonight, and we've already, you know, we're already probably going to hear some differences, right? To see if he's there or not. So another guy that I found interesting in ranking where maybe if we did this process eight weeks ago, it would have been a lot less red flags was Cooper Cup. He's averaged 22.4 points per game this year. He averaged 26.4 last year in one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time in fantasy football in 2021. Uh, Despite his incredible production, there are some red flags. He'll be coming off of an injury. He's another year older, and I have major doubts about what Matt, Matt Stafford's involvement is next year. I think there's some drum beats that he could maybe take a year off or, or you know, who knows what. Um, the Rams have a lot of holes. It just is a situation where I feel like people are not going to be diving in um, as much as they would have, you know, eight weeks ago. Am I, am I wrong here? Start out with Billy, Cooper Cup. No, there's definitely some red flags. I mean, I was looking back to his uh, – I'm looking at it real fast. I can't remember the year. I'm terrible with the years. His 2019 season where he was phenomenal, 94 for 11-61 and 10. Um, so why did you won that year as well? Yeah. And, you know, that was with Jared Goff. So the question is who's going to be quarterback? That's a huge factor here. And, you know, if I'm Matthew Stafford, I mean, you you won your Super Bowl – you're, you know, this is your neck, you know, you've, you've done what you need to do in my opinion, but you know, these guys are competitive. They might want to come back. If he comes back. Yes. I think you can put cup back in there. If he's, you know, hundred percent ready to go. I'm talking about Stafford. Um, Now, if you have Baker Mayfield, different story, but Cooper cup is Cooper cup. I mean, he can get open and, you know, you give Baker or whoever some reps with him in the off season, he could be decent. So He's, he's a polarizing one for me as far as the first round. He's right there on the edge for me, um, just not to spoil anything. But uh, I think, you know, the talent's there for sure. But, you know, it's just a matter of that getting that timing down. And him and Stafford had that so well. But, you know, he did it with Goff as well. So maybe it's just, you know, just a matter of getting a full season and a work in with a, a good, decent quarterback. And dare I say, I'm saying Baker Mayfield might be decent, but – He's certainly better than Bryce Perkins and um, John Wolford. By a, by, a, by a little bit. By a little bit. Uh, Chris, your, your thoughts on Cooper Cup? For me, it, it is purely dependent on Stafford's health. I don't have any interest in drafting Cooper Cup high if he's, if he's playing with a new quarterback. I don't think there's anything in his metrics or separation ability to suggest he's he's going to be a superstar playing with anyone his his value is truly in his his mind meld with with Stafford and breakfast clubs and all that stuff um and so I I I have him pretty high because I do expect Stafford to play but it's the news I will be watching you know spinal cord contusion obviously sounds serious I did hear him say today on his wife's podcast confidently that he is he is coming back like it wasn't a question, but but it, it certainly sounds like an injury to monitor throughout the offseason. That's how dedicated Chris is. He's listening to Matt Stafford's wife's have to, I, That's a man you want to follow. You have to tune into Kelly Stafford if, <laughs> if you're getting up-to-date information for your 2023 <laughs> fantasy football draft. <laughs>
I love it. I love it. Dan, your thoughts on Cooper Cup? I'm assuming he's in your top 12. Um, did you did you have apprehension in, in where you ranked him? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can rank Cooper Cup without some kind of apprehension. I mean, you know, I think Sean McVay is one uh, variable and Matt Stafford's an, another. And, um, you know, if they're both back, then... I'm going to be drafting him pretty aggressively. If uh, one or the other of them is not back, I think that's probably going to influence me at least some. And if both of them aren't back, that's probably going to influence me even a little bit more. Uh, you know, because he has been at at his best in that McVay offense. Um, you know, he's he, he he did enough before that to, to prove to me that, you know, this is not some kind of a fluke. This is not just a system-driven thing. But, uh, you know, system probably will matter for him some. And, uh, you know, so if, if, if all the pieces aren't in place, um, you know, I'm probably going to drop them down. So JD, anything down on cup? Theo, two words for you, Baker Mayfield. Okay. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm with you on that. It's, if it's, if it's Baker Mayfield, I mean, I, you could give him a, a, a very high uh, target share, which of course he's going to get no matter who the quarterback is. I just have a kind of apprehension. And I also think that he's going to be going around some other wide receivers this year. Um, I think the the truly elite guys are 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 more appealing than him already right now, um, just in terms of next season. And then I think that he's going to be going around uh, some younger wide receivers that I'm just going to be kind of bullish on, and I have less red flags about the team situation. So uh, I'm worried about Cooper Cup for sure. Uh, one other player uh, that I wanted your guys' opinion on was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, it seems like, uh, he's been a, a popular guy that high stakes fantasy players have been lower on than the, you know, a, a traditional home league. And that's been for a couple of years now. Uh, he came back from injury this year to average 19.3 points per game. He turns 29 this January and he's at about 1700 career carries. Where will high stakes drafters value him in early drafts? And do you view him as a regression candidate? or a value due to his unique ability and maybe the tendency for the market to undervalue his production. Similar to a Josh Jacobs question, um, start with Billy on this. Um, I mean, I think we all here kind of, I don't want to say disrespect Derrick Henry, but we, you know, we always look at him. Well, he doesn't catch passes. That's the first thing everybody goes to. Um, I think his name alone in a lot of drafts, you know, put him in the first round. However, I think just like this year, I think you're going to you're going to hear the talk about he said so many carries, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the bottom line is he's fourth right now in in NFFC scoring by, you know, he's comfortably fourth. So we're talking about a player that just gets it done every year. And for some reason, we always kind of skirt around him. And Theo, I don't know if you remember this in our last primetime draft in Vegas, I was picking eighth. And I, in the second round, and I wanted Tyreek Hill to fall to me, and he went one pick in front of me, and I went all the way down to the clock with about five seconds left, and I begrudgingly took took Derrick Henry, you know. But it turned out to be a good pick. I mean, yeah. he's – but it's you like – You run you run pure, Billy, even yeah, when you yeah, don't well, run. Well, <laughs> well, I took DJ Moore in the third, so I'm not that pure. So, <laughs> um, anyway – the thing about the thing about Derrick Henry is is like it's just you take him and you almost are holding your nose and I really don't know why I guess it's just because of that team you know he can get game scripted out of a game pretty quickly if they get behind early um, but 
to answer the question, I think in most drafts he will be a late first rounder, but I will I definitely see him slip into the second round again. Chris, thoughts on the big dog? Yeah, it's it's something I, I clearly got wrong this year, but I, I anticipate honestly probably fading him a bit ne- next year. And it's it's not so much the carries or the age because you watch him play and he's he's still got it. It is that risk that added risk that some of the other backs don't have of you know if something happens to the line and the team's not necessarily as good as they've been like his his, him more than any other running back his stats are really going to fall if his team is in situations where they fall behind and and that added element of risk that really hasn't come to fruition in the past couple years is 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 probably just going to put him down behind a few of those those younger running backs for me dan anything on the big dog yeah, I mean, I this year I had no exposure to him. I think yet next year I will try to have at least a little bit of exposure to him. You know, just because of the the fact that uh, if everything does go his way, I mean, you know, he's 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 a smash guy for you. Um, you know, he can he can win you weeks. He can win you leagues. Um, you know, and those guys aren't just you know hanging off every branch either. So uh, you know, I think he kind of have to be looking at your first couple of three rounds through that lens of, you know, which, which of these guys, you know, if they, if, if things go right, you know, could really make a big difference for my team. Yeah. I think that he's got, he'll remain uh, having his high touchdown upside. And I think that kind of Tennessee will, will tell you, um, you know, with their actions this off season, but if Tennessee completely ignores the running back position, um, that's an offense that I think could get better. So I think there might be a situation kind of like Jacobs. Um, you know, Chris made the point that, you know, Jacobs might become a value just because the, the market's kind of un- going to un- undervalue his production versus where he's going to go. I I might be more apt to draft, uh, you know, a 29-year-old Derrick Henry um, next year when I think he's going to be living in that second round again um, next year just due to his age. I don't, I don't have him in the top 12 and – you know, there's a chance that he's he he's already sort of breaking the mold of of what we look at for for aging running backs, and I think he continue to do so next year. And I love seeing a guy produce at, when he comes off of injury. And you know, he was played only about half the year last year, and then has has, has played like pretty much the entire season this year. So uh, I I'm, I think I'm in next year. Uh, JD in or out on the big dog next year. Yeah, as much as like Dan, I've got 2% ownership right now on FFPC. You look at what he's done. We talk about difference makers, and that's what you're trying to get in these early rounds. He's given you three weeks where he's between 21 and 25 fantasy points, four weeks where he's tw- between 25 and 30, and then he's given you a week of 30-plus points. So when you know you, you put that together, that's, uh, that's what's uh, five, eight. That's eight out of 14 weeks where that's a difference-making dude that you drafted and, and the age is kind of the deceiving thing, right? Especially for us high stakes guys, because we prefer the younger running backs. And, you know, um, I think it's going to depend on where other positions go. We talk about how quarterbacks are going to creep up and, you know, some of these top guys and these difference makers uh, at other positions like Kelsey in the tight end premium uh, league. So it's going to be interesting to see where these older running backs that are, that are giving us production now uh, that we're talking about tonight, where they're going to end up in these drafts. I, I don't see me owning a lot of Henry just because of, you know, again, I'm, I'm an ageist, man, when it comes to running back, Theo. What do you want me to say? Yeah, and I think that's a whole other uh, 
that's a whole another interesting show is kind of you could have a whole show on running backs 26 and older are you in or out because next year there's going to be an absolute lot of them um with a ton of running backs being drafted on day one and day two and a lot of free agent movement at, at the running back position so running back's going to be interesting in general it's hard for us to pr- project kind of you know the movement but it's definitely super interesting uh that's a good segue jd brings up quarterback we've talked about this with a number of high stakes roundtable uh, about how we anticipate the QB position, you know, we'll, we won't call it early QB, but we'll call it earlier QB drafting. We'll return next year. Uh, we had great seasons from Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Uh, the upper echelon QBs gave high stakes teams a sizable advantage this season. There was a few later round guys that hit, you know, to a, a tongue of Iloa. Uh, Justin Fields certainly had their moments, but the safest thing to do this year and the, the 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 best payout was just drafting one of these early studs. Where do you anticipate Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, the upper echelon QBs, being drafted next year uh, in an FFC format? Start with Chris on this one. I think you'll see, is, and this was easier to figure out as I was sort of sketching out my top 12, it, there's – there's there are a lot of running backs at that turn that are, are kind of exciting and offer three down potential and i think right after that that break is, is probably the mid-second round where where people can start to search elsewhere for for big advantages at other positions so i would anticipate seeing alan mahomes mid-second um I, I do think hertz will go a little bit a little bit later there's maybe a little more injury risk than with the with with alan and mahomes but um yeah, mid mid second is where I'm anticipating them going. Also, Ed, we've come a long way as a high stakes community. I remember third my third year of of playing high stakes in 2011. I remember seeing guys like Brady, Breeze, Rogers go mid first round. So, so good that these guys can have these seasons and still not go above mid second. But that's where I see them. So you'll say both two guys in the second round, and then probably hurts in the third. Yeah, more probably more. Uh, you know, end of second, early third. Yep. And Billy, what would you say? Um, I'm pretty much exactly where Chris is on that. Uh, because like he said, you're going to have that tier where it cuts off and people are going to be like, well, this running back's here now, but I might get another uh, somebody very similar in my in the third round. I'll take my quarterback now, that type of thing. And I agree with him that Hurts is just a, a sliver behind them. The one guy that I think is going to get pushed down a little bit more is Burrow. And you know, if you can get Burrow, you know, it depends where he's going. Because, you know, we all play this game where am I going to take a guy in the second if I know I could get Burrow in the fifth? <laughs> you know, I mean, if I know I can get Burrow in the fifth, I'm not taking a quarterback there probably. Because Burrow's been pretty solid. He's actually stepped up his running game as well. But, um, yeah, I think I think Allen and Mahomes are definitely going to be second-round picks just because they've proven it. Hurts a little bit later. Um, and, you know, they have proven this. I, last time I was on the GOAT district, we had a similar question to this, and I, I said they would get pushed down. But I've gone back on that because um, I just think that they, they've shown this whole year that if you're looking at around the leagues in the playoffs, I mean, almost all the teams have these four quarterbacks. And some three out of the four, if there's four teams in it, have them. Sometimes all four, it's those, you know, counting Burrow in there as well, those four quarterbacks. So it's pretty – it's, it's pretty crazy. I, I was going to give the audience homework, Billy, and tell them that was literally what I was writing down. Go to your leagues because I know I'm in a league where you can still trade and I'm trying to upgrade at quarterback and I'm looking at all the bottom teams. That's usually where I'll go first. Not one of them has a decent quarterback. All the good quarterbacks are in the top teams 
And I'm sure if you go check your leagues, you're going to see that a lot. And I'm going to jump in before Dan steals my thunder or, or maybe Chris or no, Chris already went. I, I think that when we get into real drafting, especially the high stakes with, you know, with, with the Sharps, I think you're going to see some of these quarterbacks even tease with end of the first. And you know how that's going to happen is when one of these Buffalo Bills or KC uh, brings in like either a crazy rookie receiver or a Green Bay makes a big trade for a receiver or signs a big receiver. It's so not Green Bay, but I'm thinking uh, Rodgers because of last night. But one of these top uh, quarterbacks, like even in L.A., uh, Herbert gets a couple big receivers out there, maybe another rookie receiver. You're going to see the value of these receivers go up uh, as we get closer into the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we even see them go in the first round at the end. I think that that's interesting because I th do think that there's um, potential that the the one-two turn could be like a you know a, a Kelsey Mahomes type. It could be a stacking type opportunity. Um, I think that the most interesting uh, thing was Billy bringing up Burrow. It's not. I, I think that it's it's pretty safe that that um, you know you're going to see Mahomes and Allen in the second round. I think we're headed there. Early underdog best balls are kind of showing that. Um, but I think it's where does it bring up that next group? Is the is the market going to push up like QB three through eight? Um, maybe some guys get pushed up artificially, and those would be the guys you kind of avoid. Um, but I do think that the the, the big two are locks for the second round. Uh, I think that Hertz is a lock for the third round. And I think that it's just, you know, sometimes we see the market overreact. Um, and I think this is something where you're not going to get opportunities to draft these guys um, a little bit later. Uh, I think that the market will, will really, really overreact next year. Dan, your thoughts. Yeah, I think they're, you know, the, the top three are definitely going to be worth a good bit. I mean, they've all scored already 450 points or more. Um, Burrow running in fourth place is at 418, so he's not far behind. Uh, you know, but then you drop down to like 350 points at, at QB5. You know, so you're, you're talking about a 100-point advantage right now through, you know, 14 games played for each of these quarterbacks. That's seven points a game. Uh, you know, that's a substantial advantage and you have to weigh that against, you know, like what you can get at other positions. You know, do you feel like you can get that kind of advantage at, at uh, wide receiver still in the middle of the second round? Uh, do you feel like you can get that at running back in the middle of the second round? If the answer is no, then you might want to think about quarterback because also, you know, there's a, the safety factor. I mean, you know, the wide receivers and, uh, and especially running backs, the injury risk tends to be much higher. Uh, than it is at quarterback, though we have seen a lot of quarterback injuries this year. Um, but if I don't get those guys, you know, there, there are definitely some targets I'm going to have, uh, you know, that I think are going to be a little bit further down on ADP. You know, I thought uh, Billy was right on with uh, Joe Burrow. You know, if he's in the fifth round, I think that's a great value. Justin Herbert could be a great value. Everybody's going to be in on Justin Fields, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, Herbert went through half the season with, uh, you know, broken rib cartilage and uh, didn't have, uh, you know, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen for half the season, all that kind of stuff. And he's still hanging out there at, uh, you know, like quarterback seven or eight. So, uh, you know, I, I think the sky is the limit for him too. Theo, I was just, I was just showing, sorry guys, you, you can see Josh Allen, the last draft, this is FFPC. You know, it's the only one I had access to quickly here, but you could see already going in the first pick of the third round in the last that draft. Good. That was the that was the post post Thursday though, right? That was the main was the, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was after the Thursday ones. Um, good point. Good point. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 definitely one of the more interesting things. It was kind of like for years, Chris Vaccaro talked about this at length with us about how for years it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to be sharp by waiting. Where now it's it's that's kind of gone out the window. You want the the elite production from the QB position, and you can either you know, hit the nuts and draft the guy a little bit later and, and maybe he beats his ADP or you could take, you know, Mahomes or Allen. And I realize it's kind of like, you know, Joe Carlton in the chat brought up uh, that, you know, you, you better really nail the rest of your draft if you use second round QB. However, in like the NFFC, if you can just hit on a top two QB, your win rates go up. Um, you know, you, you can be pretty good with certain rounds as long as you just nail that, that top QB spot. So, I think that it's uh, it's definitely an interesting one, and it'll be interesting. That's like the, the position I'm most interested in in like these FFPC, NFFC early drafts. Uh, one other one-off position is tight end. We don't need to hold, spend a whole lot of time on this, but Mark Andrews has had a, a kind of a setback season. He's down to about 13 points per game. I see Billy shaking his head. I, I had some uh, Mark Andrews shares that, that did not exactly work out well either. And on the flip side, Travis Kelsey has had one of the best tight end seasons of all time. I think as, as sure as we're sitting here, barring injury, Travis Kelsey is the tight end one selected in all formats next year. Who is your early tight end two? Start with Dan on this one. Yeah, so I think my early tight end two is still probably uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, I think it really what happened there is, you know, kind of their whole offense or their at least their – uh, their passing offense has kind of fallen apart, um, you know, and assuming they fix that, it's probably going to be Andrews because I think if, uh, you know, the, right now basically any defense going up against Baltimore, they know they just have to stop Andrews and they've got the passing game shut down because nobody else is doing a darn thing. Um, you know, so I don't think that'll be the case next year. I guess the better question for me is, uh, you know, now that I've said Andrews is going to be my tight end too, uh, will I draft him? Uh, and depending on where he falls in ADP, uh, I'm thinking the answer might be probably not because I think there's going to be a bunch of tight ends I like almost as well. And, uh, you know, I think some of them will be available a fair amount later. So I'm, I'm more likely to wait uh, past Andrews if I don't get Kelsey. That's an interesting way of looking at it, Dan. It's more like is, is he in kind of closer to the tight end three um, than the tight end one, which would kind of be a whole different question. Chris, who's your tight end two? Sort of the same boat with is Dan, whereas I want to say someone other than Mark Andrews, but I look at the list and it's Mark Andrews. <laughs> and so, and so, I mean, honestly, for the rest of this playoff run, I don't, I can't distinguish Andrews from Engram, Kittle, Hawkinson, Goddard, Schultz. Like, I don't care which of those guys I have. So I'm not paying a premium for, for Andrews next year. Um, but, you know, it's probably not someone I'd be looking to draft until the sixth round or so. Billy? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's Kelsey probably in the first and then, literally the next tight end and i don't know if we've ever seen this could go in the fifth or sixth round and then it could be a group of them just like the group chris said the guy that i want to say just to be different than andrews i get where everybody's coming from is tj hawkinson i think the offense you know him being there for a full off season getting acclimated to everything 
Um, he's the guy I would really lean on. Goddard would be right there as well. Those would be the two that I would consider. But again, like Chris said, they're a distant, distant second. And then Andrews is in that as well. And it's just a, a group about five, maybe four or five guys, Kittle, Waller, whatever you want to put in there. But uh, I would have to say Hawkinson, but it's, you know, that could easily change. It's just, it's not one of those, it's one of those things where I'm probably not going to reach for the first guy, if that makes sense, of that second tier. I'll, I'll get the last guy of the tier because they're probably all about the same. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, th- I think it's clearly Andrews. Um, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head that it might be like, the sizable gap between between tight end one and tight end two. Um, and I love what Dan said about how maybe tight end two is is like its own tier with a couple guys below. I'll say that the one wild card for me is George Kittle. If he has a few big, big, big smash games, I could see him having some juice. Um, you know, if he has a very good playoff run, um, you know, a couple of 20 point games here or there, but it's going to take a whole lot for someone to take away tight end two from Andrews. Andrews still, if you look at like the first half of the season versus the second half of the season, um, you know, he he did show well uh, to start the season and, and definitely uh, you you feel safe about his target share. So it's uh, it's Andrews. J.D., anybody besides Andrews for your tight end too? Yeah, I just, I want to piggyback. Uh, I was going to say the same thing to you. I think Kittle's going to win people some leagues this year. I, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I bought him uh, Sunday morning in, in, a, in a tight end premium with my, my first, and he scored me a nice 27 points. I told you guys he was going to smash last week. Uh, it was going to be a Kittle smash game with Debo missing. He's going he's gonna to bulldoze through uh, the playoffs with your team uh, for the rest of the year, in my opinion, him and McCaffrey. But I think going into next year, you guys nailed it. I'm looking at last year's draft boards, and yeah, you've got Kelsey, and then it's like Andrew Pitts, Waller. You're pissed if you drafted any of those guys. You've got a nice juicy layer with like TJ Hawk, Bert, uh, Schultz, Goddard, Kittle, like we talked about. Komet maybe creeps up. Ertz showed us something, got injured. Uh, and Joku's a guy that Joe uh, King uh, brings up, I think is interesting. He's a guy that uh, was kind of a, a tight end two favorite going into the season. I mean, I just don't think he's – to me, he's going to be a low-end tight end one, and that's pretty much it. Um, he didn't have the kind of smashing end of the season that we thought, you know, the the pro Najoku argument was he's going to have all these touchdowns with Sean Watson. Deshaun Watson hasn't looked good enough um, that we're going to elevate, you know, his pass catchers because of him. So I think that's kind of a – just another tight end in the look at ugly man. When when I look at it down and see Dan's I see Dan's Evan Ingram in round 13, I'm like, damn, that looks good right now. <laughs> sure. Yes, All that's right. the way you gotta do it. So we're we we've come to it. I think at this point we're predicting the market. So we'll go around the horn, predict who's gonna go 12th, and then we'll keep going around the horn, predict it, you know, eleven and on. So Chris, who is who is being drafted twelfth overall in NFFC? NFFC. I think twelfth. We would likely start with a, a new face, just with Bijan Robinson, because as I, I look back, you know, every time there's been a running back prospect of his magnitude, going back to Trent Richardson, Zeke Elliott, Najee Harris, uh, Saquon Barkley, that tends to be where they go each year is that an end of the first round. So obviously, a lot to learn about landing spot and everything, but. But from everything I hear, he's he's sort of at that level as a prospect. And so I would honestly be surprised if he doesn't find his way to the end of first round fantasy drafts next year. Love it. Billy, who do you have at, at 12? 
Mine's not as sexy as Chris's. It's an incredibly sexy start by Chris. <laughs> Bijan um, Robinson, 12th overall. That's the new show title, JD. I'm going to go with the guy who went He went from the first, the, the beginning of the first to the end of the first now. To, for me, I'm going to still put Jonathan Taylor in the first round, um, and I'm going to put him at 12th. I think uh, I think that first round is, is going to be stacked with receivers this year, next year, excuse me. And uh, I just think, he, for me, he's my, on this um, first run, he's my running back four. So we're, yeah, we're doing we're the, the ADP one, though, right? So you, no, we're doing the we're doing the ADP one. He's, you're, are you predicting the ADP, Billy, right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Okay. That was his All right, yeah. got it. All right, just making sure. Who do you have, Dan? At 12, I've got Saquon. Um, this is assuming that he ends up in back in uh, with the Giants or in another good situation. Uh, but I think I think Saquon uh, probably makes the end of the first round. For me, I had Travis Kelsey, who last year was going at the you know right around that two three turn in NFFC. I think NFFC drafters are going to adjust. And he's going to sneak into the first round, almost 20 points per game this year. And such a wide gap between tight end one and tight end two. Keep going with 11. I'd go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, Billy, I think, hit the nail on the head. I, I mean, there's this year was a mess for him. But with Hines out of the way, there's, there's, there's definitely potential for a bounce back. Billy. Um, at 11, I have Devontae Adams. I think he's, you know, again, I think this is pretty stacked with receivers. Um, so I have, I have Devontae Adams there right now at 11. Dan. I put Kelsey at 11. Same reasons as you had him at 12, Theo. And I had Jonathan Taylor at 11. Dropped to 14 points per game this year. I think that he's... He, not as, there's not going to be nearly as much juice on him, but I think there's enough people that will look at him as an end-of-the-first-round value for me. Um, go with 10. Chris. Going with Travis Kelsey, uh, p- pretty close to those guys at the end. I think some people might want to get a get a jump and maybe start those, those Kelsey Mahomes stacks, so I'm going with Kelsey. Billy. Um, I have Saquon at 10. Uh, for a lot of the reasons that Dan listed, I just think if he stays in New York, he's you know he looked pretty good the other night in my opinion. Um, get a, you know he has one full year under him now, where he's not been injured, and uh, you know we'll see what he can do. Dan, I'm going AJ Brown at ten. Um, I I think he's opened enough eyes. I think uh, you know when people start looking at the stats, uh, you know they're they're going to like what they see there. And he's going to be tough to keep out of the the first round. And for me, I had C.D. Lamb at 10, which I think that, you know, some people were, you know, not overwhelmed by the production they got with him. But I think he's turned it around. Uh, He's seeing a a high target share every single week and he's up to 16 and a half points per game. So I think that the I think the market's going to going to be increasingly into C.D. Lamb. Uh, as we move into the drafts, how about how about nine overall, Chris? You know, Cooper Cup. I think people are going to be a little leery with with uh, the injury of his own and Stafford, but I'm assuming Stafford comes back and and he's number nine. Philly, exactly what Chris said. Same thing. St- Cooper Cup, Stafford. Um, it's all dependent on Stafford with that pick. 
course, but uh, I think he's still going to be there at number nine as well. Right at Nick, Cooper Cup at nine. I had Cooper Cup there too. So, damn. To tell you, that's uh, that we're, we're we're not as interesting as we thought, guys. Uh, we're all on Cooper Cup there. That seems about right. Like, you know, I feel like it's it's he's not going to be he's not going to be a one two turn guy. Um, nine seems like people are going to you know kind of suck it up and draft them kind of kind of area. How about uh, how about eighth, Chris? Uh, D- Devontae Adams, he's a little lower on Billy's list. I think people are going to look at Adams and Cup and maybe realize, you know, Cup has a little more upside, but they're going to go with the safer guy, I think. Billy. Uh, at eight, I have Travis Kelsey. I think he is this gap. Um, you know, there is going to be some concerns with his age, another year older, but I think we were all saying that going into this year, and he obviously smashed everything. So um, he's the focal point of that offense with a great quarterback. So I think, and he's the gap. Between him and the one, the second tight end is just that big enough that he warrants that spot. Dan, I had uh, Devonte Adams at eight as well. I had AJ Brown at eight. Um, I, I I wanted to rank him higher, but I, I to me I just the the presence of Devonta Smith uh, kind of keeps him he, at eight and not in that you know potential top five. Seventeen point nine points per game this year, just smashed. But I think eighth seems about right for him. Uh, how about the seventh spot, Chris? Derrick Henry. I think that might even be a little higher in some of the earlier drafts. I think, you know, we see it year after year as you get closer to the season. Nobody really wants Derrick Henry, so I think he may fall by then. But average it all together, and we'll put him at seven. Billy, uh, I have AJ Brown at seven. AJ Brown for the reasons you said, um, Theo. He's you know, there is some little trepidation with Devonta Smith, but how many targets did, didn't he have 16 targets on Sunday or something like that? I mean, yeah, it, it's just a matter of him getting in the end zone. What, and we saw what he did against the Steelers and stuff. I mean, he can just have these monster 30, 40 point games. So, uh, yeah, AJ Brown at seven. And, and shout out to Lance, uh, sports betting man, um, who always has trouble putting AJ Brown into his lineups. So, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's always complaining about it. So, I don't think it's yeah, a, it's, it's a, that's a tough problem to have. First, first world problems for sure. Um, I I put Diggs at seven. Okay, I I, uh, I have um, Devonte Adams at seven, so I'm kind of right with you guys. But I would have Devonte uh, a little bit ahead of of AJ Brown. Um, I I just I we've seen Devonte just smash. Um, I I don't think a whole lot will change on, on in terms of. Um, you know, next year in Las Vegas, they, they can't really make that many adjustments. And I think he's got another big year ahead of them. Uh, how about the, the six spot, Chris? Uh, Austin Eckler, uh, that's about where he went last year. See, not not much reason for change. I think his game will age well, uh, is, is more of a receiving back than someone who necessarily needs, you know, to, to make people miss. He's more and more catches and power. And I, I think he'll, he'll, you know, no, no age concerns from him yet. Billy. That's my six as well, Austin Eckler. Same same kind of reason. He's just been very consistent. I do I do worry about him. You know, he's a little smaller. He's got it banged up this past week, but you know, you gotta you gotta give him his respect. How about you, Dan? Yeah, with Eckler, I mean, you know, the the dude has absolutely, um, you know, he, he he's been durable. Uh, so we haven't had too many concerns with that. But I have uh, I have JT at uh six and that's 
I think higher than anybody else, but I think probably Indy is going to have a better quarterback of some kind, something, somebody that's more exciting than what they've had uh, during JT's entire career, and I think that's going to push up uh, interest in him, and, and people are going to be all over him again. I had Eckler as well, and I wanted to have Eckler much higher. I just think that it's it's going to be a wide receiver heavy top five, um, and I think Eckler is going to settle in, like Chris said, right about where where he was taken uh, this year. Chris, starting out the top five, Stefan Diggs. Um, he's delivered delivered all year. I, I don't. I, I do think at the end of the day, you know, people might gravitate towards some of the younger r- receivers, but I, I still think he makes the top five. Billy, um, I have Christian McCaffrey at five. I just think, uh, you know, he's shown what he can do. I think if they give him just a little bit more, similar to what he had in Carolina, he could really smash. But um, he, he does enough every week to, to be up there. How about you, Dan? I have Eckler at five. And I have Jamar Chase at five, which I, I wanted to be higher on him. I just think that some of the veteran wide receivers are – uh, a little safer bets, and I think that there's no T. Higgins opposite of them. Uh, so I begrudgingly have Chase at five, but when it comes down to drafting, I might be drafting him like two overall. So he'll go five in the ADP. Uh, Chris, starting out our top four here. I think you you just outlined what I said about what I think will happen with Jamar Chase, but uh, yeah, no, I have I have Jamar Chase, and I think you know people will logic logically come up with reasons other players might be more attractive there but at the end of the day that that upside is going to entice people to take them a little bit earlier billy um i have Diggs at four Diggs at four just great player you know easy pick simple game simple game that's right dan how about you yeah, yeah I, I gotta say billy you, you love a receiver who demands the ball and, and Diggs definitely does that so uh He's he's a he's a Chris Carter or Randy Moss in in that way. I have um, I have Jamar Chase at four, and I have Tyree Kill at four. So I think Tyree Kill is going to obviously be higher with you guys, but I, I have him at four. I just think the presence of Waddle, um, it's hard for me to take him in the top three if I'm taking another wide receiver on his team in the second round. So I have I have Tyree Kill at four or eight early ADP. Uh, Chris, start us out with our top three. I'll start with Tyreek Hill, where you left off again. Um, no, I, I, they've they've just made such a clear priority in getting him the ball each, each and every week. And you know, when coaches are that devoted to feeding a wide receiver, I, I want it. Billy, yeah, I have Jamar Chase at three. Um, it, it was tough between him and Hill for me, which obviously you can see where I'm going with my second pick. But uh, yeah, it, it's tough because what you guys said about the you know they have really good complimented receivers on that team, but uh, yeah, I would I would take Chase at three. Dan, I'm going McCaffrey at three. Um, I think with a full off season, um, they're gonna they're gonna find a lot of creative ways to use him. Um, you know, Debo's great, Ayuk, solid receiver, Kittle. Great, but uh, the the offense is going to run through McCaffrey. And then uh, for me, it was Stephon Diggs at number three. I just think he's going to settle in as wide receiver two overall. He's super safe. He's been smashing this season. Um, A a lot to like about Stephon Diggs. I considered him at two as well. Chris, start us out with your number two uh, predicted ADP. 
One with uh, Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think I'm necessarily going to take him there, but I think he's going to finish the season really strong without without Mitchell, and he's going to put up some some big numbers that are, are going to leave people with a, a good feeling going into the offseason. And so I, I think he'll be number two. How about you, Billy? Uh, Tyreek, he would be my two just because of, like, the way they, they get him involved. And he's just, you know, there's, there's very few people in the league that can do what he does, even on just the screen pass, he can just take the house any play. Dan? I have Tyreek at two. And I have Christian McCaffrey at two. I kind of like what, what Chris said. I think that he's going to end the season in, in just a fantastic way. And I think that the allure of Christian McCaffrey is going to gonna drag him into that top two picks. Uh, Chris, this is this is easy. I think we all have the same number one pick, guys. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else is keeping track, but through a process of elimination, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson at, at number one. Um, the only guy who really jumped out is having the complete package of pass production upside, and, and there's really really nothing to pick apart in his in, in his game right now. So going with Justin Jefferson. Billy, did you have any second thoughts, or were just the easiest number one pick in a while? I mean, it was between him and Calvin Ridley coming back for me, but I. Uh, <laughs> there you go, Billy. On brand. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Just of course, he's he's a freak. I mean, it's not even uh, a question. You know, the the only concern I have with him is, you know, every year the number one pick. You know, it's something always happens, and I don't want to see that happen to Justin Jefferson because he's such a great player. And hometown, uh, hometown prejudice, or you you were going Justin Jefferson, uh, no matter where you were living. Yeah, Justin Jefferson didn't even make my top 12. Um, terrible player. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Even if Baker Mayfield was his quarterback, I think he'd still be moving. Oh! Overall. And how about Justin Jefferson going into the tent and scaring everybody and then coming out and smashing? The guy's just – he's the complete package. And, you know, I think that this was also year one. Um, so Kevin O'Connell was attached to the 26-point-per-game uh, Cooper Cup season, uh, and I think we could see that sort of a season out of Justin Jefferson next year. It's not going to take a whole lot for him to get to that twenty-six point a game uh, range, just like one or two more plays a game. So, and, and uh, Theo, Theo, if, if, if Fantasyland checks the receipts, I'm pretty sure we were calling that back in what June, June, July we, last year. We've been all over it in the Goat District as as our wide receiver one overall this year. I mean, we were we were we were right on a number of things, and that was one of the ones that was you know. Pretty easy to figure out. He's he's one of the best receivers I've ever seen. Play. And, and I like Billy's call with uh, TJ Hawk earlier, just growing in that offense. And that offense just all together going next year, I think, is taking kind of that next step. It's going to be nice to see those pieces uh, evolve even more. Yeah, it's, I think that's a great great point, JD. I mean, it's just year two. Uh, a lot of times we see a, t- a team take a big step uh, with the head coach in year two. You see with Philadelphia this year with Sirianni. Next year could be the case for Minnesota with, with O'Connell. Uh, so this is the fun part. We're going to give you our early ranks. Uh, so the, we predicted the market. Um, so, Chris, you can you can take it any way you want here. If you want to take it to 12, take it to 12 or or give us whatever you want. Uh, give us some of your early ranks. 12, 12 to 1 or? No, we're not. We won't go around for this one. I think this one we can say your top 12. Okay. And then, you know, maybe J.D. might have a follow up question for you. Okay. Um, 12, I'm going, you know, a lot of these are actually are fairly consistent with ADP. So I'll maybe talk a little more about the ones that aren't, but Jonathan Taylor at 12, Bijan Robinson at, at, at 11. I, I, like I said, I'd, I'd just be very surprised if he wasn't in the first round next year. 10 is a guy who I'm probably not going to take 
10 because I don't think I'll need to draft him that high, but I do still, uh, you know, I see no reason Josh Jacobs' role should diminish, and, and I don't see any reason he can't repeat if he's back with the Raiders in the same role. So 10, I'm going with Jacobs. Nine, I'm going with Kelsey. Eight, Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I still think Shanahan's in love with Elijah Mitchell from everything I've seen, and and I, I, no matter how many times he hurts his MCL, I, I think he's going to play a role. Um, seven, Cooper Cup. Again, assuming Stafford back. Six, Devonte Adams. Five, Stefan Diggs. Four, Austin Eckler. Three, Jamar Chase and. You know, I'll, I'll really say I don't actually like Jamar Chase that much next year. So as I was putting this together, it really made me realize that, you know, in the NFFC, you have the ability to choose your draft spot. I will not be choosing near the top because the, the the difference between some of these earlier guys and the later guys isn't significant to me. But uh, two, I'll go with Tyreek Hill. And then finally, one, Justin Jefferson. Chris, let me ask you, uh, we had a question in the chat earlier. You've mentioned Bijan twice now. What's your uh, ideal landing spot? Where do you think he ends up? Uh, Some of the ideal landing spots don't really have great means to acquire him, but he's obviously going to warrant a lot of draft capital, so whoever gets him is going to use him as a workhorse. I I would love to imagine him with the Dolphins, but struggle to see how they they get there having lost their pick. Eagles, if they could find a way, that that'd be fun. Um, with with Miles Sanders potentially leaving town, um, that that maybe be my preferred preferred destination just to be a part of an offense that explosive. No, I, I love that, uh, Chris, with the the Bijan Robinson. He's my dynasty RB one right now. Uh, I'm flag planting on that. I think he's he's to me, JD. It's like you know, I we don't want to see him land on a team that has like a really really good running back. But if he lands on a team with a decent running back, I think he dusts that guy. He's 20 years old. He can catch the ball. If if you spend like five minutes watching watching his highlights, it, it's unbelievable some of the things the kid can do. So, um, you know, we, we talked about it on the show last week that Todd McShay had him going fifth overall to Philadelphia. So we saw Miles Sanders has, what, 12 touchdowns right now? Um, Bijan Robinson could lead the league in, in touchdown rushes. Um in rushing touchdowns next year if he lands in Philly. I know that they, they – uh, you're, you're not concerned about uh, Kenny Gainwell uh, giving him some problems? R.I.P. Kenny Gainwell if uh, Bijan – Unbelievable. He did not – I can't believe he gave us nothing this year. I'm, that's so – he looked so good for like a millisecond last last year, you know, yeah. and it's so disappointing. We'll always have those six touchdowns is what the year, <laughs> J.D. Uh, Billy, give the people what they want. Give us your rankings. All right, I'll go like Chris did. Um, for me at 12 is Amon Ross St. Brown. I think um, – I, I just love what I see from him. He gets the volume. He can – you know, he, he gets looked at in the end zone. So I put him at 12. Um, at 11, I have uh, blah, 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 Saquon Barkley. 10, I have Devontae Adams. 9, I have Travis Kelsey. Eight, I have um, – give me one second, please. I back – sorry about that. Back that up. Twelve, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Eleven, I have Devontae Adams. Barkley's at ten. Kelsey is at nine. 
see. And I had Cup here at eight, but I wouldn't put him in there. So I'm going to take him out. Move Amon Ross St. Brown up, and I'm going to move a new name into there. This is going to be a, this is going to be out there, but I'm going to put him in there anyway. Never mind, no nut. Never mind, no nut. I'm going to I'm going to put Jacobs at twelve. We'll keep it simple. Put Jacobs at twelve. Jacobs at twelve. Amon Ross St. Brown at eleven. Adams at nine. Barkley at um, excuse me, Adams at 10, Barkley at 9, Kelsey at 8, A.J. Brown at 7. I have Eckler at 6, McCaffrey at 5, and then I have it Hill, uh, Jamar Chase. I have Diggs at 2 just because I prefer Diggs because I love the offense and he is the main guy, and then Justin Jefferson. But like Chris said, those first four are very interchangeable, and, you know, you'd be happy with any one of them. Uh JD, any follow-up questions for Billy? Um, I mean, you brought up Amon Ra. I think that's uh, – I like that. Do you see – Do you see? Is, is this with Goff still there? Do you see them doing it in that quarterback? Do you see uh, maybe Jamison Williams kind of uh, growth in that offense now that, you know, he comes in at the end of the season? Will that maybe take away from him, or you you think uh, he's safe with his role there and what we've seen so far? I think he's safe with his role. I was worried about his role this year with they added Chark and, you know, Jameson, of course, didn't play much, but they added Chark. You know, Hawkinson was back for most of the year before he got traded. Um, Swift was in there, too, and he still performed. Um, I just think he's the he's he's the volume guy in that offense. Uh, he gets targeted in the end zone. I, I just love everything about the guy. So I, I think he's solid. I like it. I, like, I had him in my top 12, too. Just love it. Billy, people in the chat are saying 12 was a fake one. You actually have a flag plant, but you threw Josh Jacobs out to throw the people off. Is that <laughs> no, 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 no. What happened was I was looking at this, and I had Cup in there, and I don't really want Cup, and I messed up. So, it's, you know, I'll tell you the guy who I really wanted to put there, but he's got to get a better quarterback. Like, if they could just get a great quarterback there, I would love to put Garrett Wilson at 12 <laughs> based on everything I've wow. seen. But he needs yeah. a quarterback, but I can't. you can't do that right now, so. Not yeah, really. he'll be a lock. He'll be a lock second rounder, though. That'll be. It'll be fun if we just run it back tomorrow night and give our give our second rounders, guys. But uh, that 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 kid looks like Diggs to me. In he's a lot incredible. Of ways. He's an yeah. incredible. Player. Look, he'll be complaining as much as Diggs did in Minnesota if Zach Wilson's still throwing to him. So. Yeah. You gonna say right we, about that? We play against a quarterback. <laughs> Thirteen and a half points last week with Zach Wilson is like getting thirty with a with a normal. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. that was good. Uh, God, can Dan, you imagine him with Justin want. Herbert or something like that? Oh, my gosh. If he was with Justin <laughs> Herbert, we'd be taking Garrett Wilson like fifth overall next year. Yeah, he'd be right there with Chase. Right. I, I had a question. Where, where do you guys fit Waddle, uh, Billy? Where Where do you see Waddle? We, we talk about his effect with Hill, but we see the two producing when Tua's on his game, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, I think he'll be gone by the mid-second round at the latest. He'll be yeah. in the front part of the second round. 18 or lower, J, uh, J.D., I think, like, he's like, if you go running back, you can get Waddle and, and kind of cover up. Yeah. Chris mm -hmm. and Dan? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same on Waddle. I think probably 18 to 24. Um, so my my top 12, uh, 12. I also have Amon Ross St. Brown, 11. Um, I've got A.J. Brown, 10. I've got Cooper Cup, um, 9. I've got... Devontae Adams, eight, Kelsey, seven, Eckler, six, 
McCaffrey, five, Jonathan Taylor, four, Diggs, three, Tyreek, two, Jamar Chase, and number one, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, uh, Justin <laughs> Jefferson. My my biggest question with Dan, and, and even when he talked about ADP, is I'm surprised that he's got A.J. Brown so low. Just, again, talking about players, big pieces in new new offenses. We saw it this year uh, in Philly. And you look at a guy who's given us two top four uh, production in the last three weeks, Dan. Why, why so low, I guess, relative? Yeah, I mean... I- you know, to me, my for those who don't know, for those who don't know, Dan's the original AJB one hundred and one. Just, just for those who don't know, the the OG AJB one hundred and one. Yeah, I'm I'm just not sure if he can get to like uh, you know Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson uh, volume levels, and that that is important. Um, so that's what kind of keeps him down for me. You know, and and a lot of these guys, I'm making you know some assumptions about that may or may not end up being faulty. You know, like De- Devontae Adams. You know, is Derek Carr there? Or do they do something else at quarterback that can inf- influence that cup? Same deal there. Um, you know, some some of these other uh, you know like McCaffrey, I could see some things might uh, influence me differently on him. Eckler, same deal. You know, so I just outside of my top twelve, I have Saquon Barkley. Um, Tony Pollard, um, C.D. Lamb, Derrick Henry, uh, even even Nick Chubb. You know, I could see any of those guys kind of sneaking into the top twelve somehow, uh, depending on how the you know how things fall next season. But right now, if I had to pick it, that those are my guys. And AGB a little TD heavy, not as the number two right now at the receiver position. Right. Uh, so for me, I, I'm leaving Cooper Cup out of my top 12. Um, a lot could change till next, you know, spring and summer. But for early drafts, I don't want to be hold. I don't want to. I don't want to have any Cooper Cup early. So I'm leaving him out. My 12 is going to be Ceedee Lamb. I'm going to be higher on him than the market. Uh, I still believe in the talent, and I believe in uh, how he's ending the season. Uh, my uh, number 11 is Amon Ross St. Brown. I would have liked to maybe even had him higher. Um, I actually think that JD brings up James, uh, Jamison Williams. I think having Jamison Williams opposite him awesome. is going to help him. I think that he's going to be able to just eat and eat underneath because of that deep threat. Um, you know, we saw, you know, the, the Tyree kill Jalen Waddle. I think it could be like that next year in Detroit. I think Jamison Williams will be a wide receiver two, and Amon Ross St. Brown will be a wide receiver one. Uh, number 10 for me was Travis Kelsey, basically just because of the, of the NFFC. Um, FFPC, I'm going to have him a lot higher. Uh, Devontae Adams, I had at nine. Eight, eight for me is Jonathan Taylor. Seven is A.J. Brown. Six is Austin Eckler. Fifth is Christian McCaffrey. Fourth is Tyree Kill. Third is Jamar Chase. Number two for me is Stephon Diggs. I believe in everything Billy said about Diggs. Uh, I, had him, I had him as, you know, predicted him third overall in my ADP. I'll be taking him even higher than that. And then number one is Justin Jefferson. JD, do you have a top 12 for us? Yeah, I kind of penciled one together. Uh, you know, up here in, in Canada, we just we we're not allowed to draft NFFC anymore. It, it kind of broke my heart because I, I love drafting on there back from the, the BB10 days even. 
But uh, JJ, of course, oppressive government up there. To prevent oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> you know, don't even get me. That's why the wife and I are going back to Portugal in, in February, man. We're we're trying to trying to relocate, man. This you know it's a little crazy up here. But anyways, JJ for sure at one. Uh, for me, CMC, I'm going to put all the way at number two, man. I think I think coming back off a fresh off season in this San Fran offense, uh, I just think he's going to crush next year. And uh, finishing strong, like I said, with Debo missing is, is going to help with that. Chase at three, Diggs at four, Tyreek at five. Uh, I put AJB at, at, at six, again, coming into that second season. I've got Eckler, uh, Adams, Barkley, JT, Amon Ra, and then I've got Kelsey, uh, just knowing that it's not tight end premium and FFC. I love it. Was, was there any um... – just kind of go around. Does anybody have any anybody who you really wanted to cram into that first round that you weren't able to in your ranks that that you're just? I know, like like for me, it's it's definitely Cooper Cup. Uh, was there anybody like really close for you, Chris? Oh, uh, I was looking for an excuse for maybe Ramondre Stevenson, assuming yes. Damian Harrison leaves. I'm glad you brought Stevenson up. That's a, a guy I thought was interesting. And the other one actually is Pollard. I think if Paul, somebody mentioned in the chat, imagine, yeah. uh, shout out to my buddy Joe, imagine him in Philly, guys. Imagine he somehow goes to Philly or or something happens in Dallas where Zeke disappears, him and his, you know, non-existent six-pack just disappear. Uh I mean, imagine that, right? Pollard in control. I think his stock value skyrockets. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think Pollard without Zeke is is you know close to the early second, if not sneaking into some first rounds. It all depends on who they put behind him, though. Um, you know, if they draft one of these guys in Dallas, and I, I don't know, I, Pollard's just fantastic. It's just hard for me to see him uh, in the first round. I think it would be more like a second round pick. Um, I'll, I'll- I'll go so far as to say, and this doesn't seem plausible. <laughs> there's no, there are no outs in, in Zeke's contract for next year, but Pollard without Zeke, I, I would take him number. He would be my number one running back. He's top for me. Is in the first half. I was going to say, I, I think he goes right to the first half of the first round. I'd probably take him behind McCaffrey. So, you know, Jerry Jones going to trade up and get Bijan Robinson. <laughs> and just kill us all. The wish, they're gonna run the wishbone. I mean, you're not lying because uh, you know he, Jerry Jones. He knows what he knows what kind of uh, marketing he'd get out of B. John Robinson jerseys. So he cannot resist those those big eight those old the old big eight conference running backs. Uh, Dan, you know the uh, the Southwest guys. You know, I remember the oh, Darren yeah. McFadden when McFadden was was you know. He, he sees one of those guys. He's got to go get him. Felix Jones, those kind of guys. So, I uh, there's been the the Bijan Robinson, the Dallas rumors. I don't know. Tony Pollard's is fantastic though. It's I don't know if I'd be quite as bullish as Chris, but he would definitely be a top five running back for me. I, I got another name. I'm surprised didn't come up at all. Just again, kind of looking at year two of something. Uh, Watson coming back. Nick Chubb right now RB seven. Do we see, you know, if- I, I did briefly mention him as somebody I would consider throwing in there, but okay. things would have to break wrong for a couple of guys and break right for Chubb. But he he will be losing uh, Kareem Hunt most likely. So, you know, there is that. When that news drops, right? Um, yeah. Could so what are your thoughts on Chubb? Um, he's a lot like Derrick Henry to me. Yeah. Derrick Henry light. But he's in a 
offense. I mean, yeah, he's a lot like Derrick Henry with me, except that he does have Hunt. You know, Derrick Henry pretty much gets all the work where, you know, Kareem Hunt takes a few series away from Chubb here and there. The name that I didn't want to put in the first round, but he's been there for, I can't remember how many years in a row now, is Dalvin Cook. I mean, mm -hmm. he's been there forever. And if, know, if that offense is what we think it could be, the running back makes a go. I believe he had like 27 on uh, past this past Saturday, but he just hasn't pulled it all together. Whether he, you know, that one year he had all the touchdowns and everything, it was always great. But, uh, you know, and then he had all the catches one year, but he can't put it all together in one year. So I, I would not be surprised to see the Vikings move on from Delvin Cook. Yeah. They, they can do it, uh, salary cap wise. Um, it's not. It's not too tough. Uh, they might need to do it. it I, I think either he renegotiates or they cut him loose. Dan, that's, that's, uh, that's my early prediction. Madison's also a free agent, correct? Or is am I correct? Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and if the Vikings re-sign him, um, I, I'm going to stick my head in the toilet and flush. Well, I mean, Dan, with the with the with the RB free agency carousel that Fantasyland is just chomping at right. the bits for this offseason, we got to see, right? What do you what do you think they do in, in Minnesota? Bring on Tony Pollard, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Can you imagine Ooh. Pollard and Jefferson on the same team? Oh, oh my God. It would be incredible. And TJ Hawk. I, yeah. I'd, I'd be wearing sweatpants 365 days a year. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Suede. Suede, right, Dan? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, my Vegas drafts would be in us FW, so. Um, <laughs> a lot of Minnesota stacks. A lot of Minnesota. Yeah, I, I I don't know how I would I, I would manage getting both the first and second pick in the draft, but uh, if there was a way to do it, I would do it. So the auctions definitely. I, I got a question, just a quick, just because you're making me think. What, what's next year's Denver? What do you guys think is next year's Denver stack that everybody's just chomping at the bit for going into next year? That's a tough. One. Oh man, that's a that's a that's. I don't know. That, that that's too hard for me. Um, what offense are they going to? People going to be too bullish on next year? Um, Quarterback goes to, to New York or something like that. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It might you know, it it might be Detroit because they're ending the season on such a tear that they could get overdrafted. I mean, we all love Amon's Ross St. Brown, but that's a that's a that's a hard one. A hard one to predict. Yeah, I think it could be possibly um, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's, oh, a that's a good one. That's a very good one, actually. Because although you know Trevor's looking fantastic right now, and again you're you're bringing in Calvin Ridley, so you have Calvin Ridley, and you I mean you have Kirk and Zay Jones, and you have Evan Ingram and Etn. That's a that's a pretty nasty group. Um, yeah, and they're you know it's looking good, but it might get a little it might get a lot of hype in the off season and just a little too much. I don't think it's going to collapse like Denver. Um, I mean to predict something like that is. Very hard. Yeah, to you, you you need yeah. horrible quarterback play and horrible uh, play calling both, you right. know, to collapse the way Denver did. I don't think you're going to get that out of Jacksonville. I mean, they could disappoint for sure, but um, yeah, it's man, it's it's tough to say what place would have that that nasty one-two combo. Yeah. Maybe maybe Seattle if uh, if Geno Smith turns back into a pumpkin. <laughs> I don't know. As long as their target tree just remains at two players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys think that's done? The G the Geno train? You think that that's done? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think Gino is in a very interesting position because, you know, if they make the playoffs, they're going to, they're going to have to resign him. I think he'll be um, back. Yeah. And, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, you know, even if they decide, you know what, we want to use our, our high draft pick on a quarterback, um, you know, it would be pretty tempting to, to throw Gino on, uh, you know, cause I think they'll have the salary cap room. They could, they could, Sign to a, you know, they could tag him, give him a year at, I don't know what it is, what is it, 30, 28, 30, 32, something like that million, um, somewhere in that range. And, you know, just let their, their new quarterback sit back and learn and let Gino run the offense for a year, uh, potentially make the playoffs, and then uh, and then move on. So, I don't know. I think anything's possible with Gino. I'll throw my... I had originally thought Jacksonville too, but actually now I'm leaning towards 49ers. Like what if, there you go. What if, you know, Lance is anointed the starter. I I don't know how much he checks down to running backs uh, just based on the typical tendencies of most running quarterbacks. Um, There's a scenario where McCaffrey, you know, Ayuk and and Debo could, could all suffer there. I like what Todd just put on there. He uh, said Arizona. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good one because, um, you know, the Kyler, the Kyler meter is pointing way down for me. So glad I traded him a few weeks ago, man. I, I just, that guy, everything off the field, on the field, Billy, I don't know about you, just don't like anything about it. I say this every year at the end. I said it last year. I'm going to say it again this year, and then next year I'm going to draft him again. Because <laughs> like that cheap GIF where it's like stuck in the crack, you lift him out, and he just jumps yeah. right back in. That's, you're drafting Kyler. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll be a little, little easier to stay away from Kyler with that knee injury, though, because he'll probably start off slow. Do they have a new coach next year? New head coach? Could be. I mean, it sure, right? like they're moving on from Steve Kime, maybe so. You know, if the if the general manager moves on, they may bring in a new general manager, and you know they could cut him loose. But All right, Theo. Lose. Theo, do we have uh, anything left that we did not hit on? I know these guys have no, been. No, I think we. Super I, think we covered, I think we covered everything. Uh, this was awesome. This was this was a whole lot of fun, um, and it was it was great getting your guys' opinions, uh, not only on the ADP but also your your ranks. I think that was super interesting to, to hear that. Yeah, and like I said, whether you're playing NFFC, playing FFPC, or just playing in your home leagues, I think there's tons of value in, in tonight's show. And we appreciate Billy and Chris. Anytime you guys join us, uh, we appreciate it. Guys, smash the like. Uh, you know, show your support for these guys. You've got uh, Billy's uh, Twitter handle on there at BillyWaz88. Chris, Chris isn't sharing his. Maybe he's waiting till the the fantasy playoffs are done uh, to share his his tips. Chris. What's your handle, brother? Let let the people find you on Twitter. At Chris Eibel. Beautiful. Original. We love it. Simple to the point. Chris, thought, go ahead, buddy. I thought Elon capped Chris's. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I had to, had to get an, either an Elon or an FTX. I was going to do an FTX uh, run in, in the intro, and then my fucking something just lost it there. But, uh, guys, we appreciate you guys hanging on with us tonight. We appreciate the chat. The chat was, the chat's always lit, but you guys were especially awesome tonight. The question, the comments, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you tune in. Theo, what do we have coming up in the district in the next little bit? 
So I'm going to be doing the same thing on Thursday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon with Billy Muzio. Uh, he's going to be joining me, uh, and we're going to be predicting ADP um, for some FFWC and also FFPC. Uh, so if you like today's show, we're going to have more of the same on Thursday. And then uh, next week, uh, uh, Chad Schroeder should be on. Um, I believe we're doing that on the 27th. We'll, we'll get a tweet out there to, to confirm the date. Uh, so this is uh, we're, we're bringing out the we're bringing out the big guns. Uh, hopefully you guys are in a lot of championship games uh, next week. And hopefully our, our listeners are in a bunch of semifinals this week. And, uh, you know, we're winning a lot of cash because um, we've certainly grinded in the district. And um, it's, it's been a fun ride this year. Dan, Dan, we're still chasing a couple uh, in Dynasty. We, we, you and I are heads up in, like I said, that best ball and hard way uh, fighting for first. We, we got a few. Still some fun things. Uh, fantasy, anything uh, you want to part fantasy land with before we uh, close this thing out? Start Jarrett McKinnon. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. We got to end with that, guys. Good luck this week in the money week. We hope that you all get your Ws. We'll check you all. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. I get so caught up in the football to you. I completely forgot to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hope you guys are safe. Have fun this holiday. Spend time with your family. You know, the guys on the screen, the guys watching. We appreciate all you guys, man. You guys have been awesome all year. We appreciate all your support. We're going to come back even stronger to help you win next year. Uh, just wanted to uh, make sure I relayed that message because I don't know if we'll be back before uh, the big day. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas yeah. to everybody and happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, whatever whatever it is you celebrate. Hey Dan, how's uh, your daughter? Uh, yeah. she's, she's she's all right. Um, they they've ruled out that it would be 